Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slip, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions with their innovative design and top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the charge on website design. Go to VeryGoodWebSolutions.com today to see their prices and products. All right, welcome back to another recording of the podcast of Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Kogelman. I am the Rambling Ampersand, also known as Kevin Bailey. And then today we have a guest. Instead of beef, we have vegan Ew, burger. Vegan? Gross, gross. Yeah, she doesn't even no. eat vegetables. We were having a discussion we were having about this a discussion morning. discussion that I don't like any vegetables. I don't either. So I hate veggies. So we made a list of all the ones that I can actually eat, and I think there was three. Which ones? Uh, green beans, which I learned have no nutritional value. Uh, broccoli. What was the other one? Not kale. I hate kale. kale you said you would try to eat spinach in a salad, but I'm not successful for you. I'll red try peppers. Spinach. I'll try peppers. I'll go for peppers. red peppers. peppers but I can only eat green beans and broccoli if it's covered in Velveeta. Yeah, cheese. Does not is good. count. Yeah. She doesn't like peas, which are sweet yeah. peas are delicious. These are gross. Doesn't yeah. like carrots. Who doesn't like carrots? Ew. Oh my gosh. Yeah, two of I'm us are raising s- our hands right now. You can't see it, but two of okay, us are. Okay, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jordan McEntee. <laughs> I'm one of the youth ministers at St. Michael's. Um, I'm not the vegan in this option. No way. Um, but yeah, nice to meet you all. Yeah, we're excited to have you, Jordy. So um, I just want to give everyone a little bit of a heads up as to why we have Jordy and not a, a big hairy dude. Um, we do miss that big hairy man. We do miss the big hairy man. But we recorded uh, four, three or four episodes a couple weeks ago, and um, two, the, we only got one of them that was not corrupted for some reason. And so, because the devil hates us. The devil hates us. That's exactly right. So Father Adam is currently in Baltimore, I believe. Does that sound right? Yeah, he's in Baltimore at a conference. Correct. A new pastor's conference. And so... He needs it. Uh, <laughs> he told me. <laughs> <laughs> Dang so, it, if he listens to this, I'm in so much yeah, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording... Uh, oh, my mic, I just turned my mic off. Um, we're recording today... Um, so that we can put something out, and we're excited to have Jordy with us. It's going to be a good one. It'll be great. Yeah, so um, what's going on with you guys? What's new in your lives? Jordy, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How about that? Fill, us, fill in the fine people of Rambling World. The fine people of Rambling World. Great. Um, well, I'm a youth minister now. I graduated from KU last December. Um, I've been a Catholic all my life, cradle Catholic. Um, it wasn't really until my sophomore year when I was at Camp Tekawitha that I realized, wow, adoration, that's really Jesus up there. And that kind of changed some things for me. Um, but so ever since I was 11, I was at youth group at St. Michael's. I dibsed Sarah Sheeran's job to be the youth minister. And somehow... It still worked. 10 years after that, here I am. And... Uh, that just is a cool story. I always like that story. It's crazy how it worked out. Definitely, definitely God's plan on that one. So really, really excited about this job. It's it's not an easy job, as you guys both What's know. What's the biggest difference from what you thought this job was going to be to where it actually oh is? Oh my gosh. Okay, when you're in high school and you come to youth group, you see the fun stuff. Like, our opening kickoff was like this awesome, epic paint fight. When you come in high school, you see just like the paint flying and you see all the crazy fun stuff. When you're the youth minister, you see the like six hours that you spent filling up pantyhose balls with paint. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, when you're in high school, you don't see that. So you see all the things that you don't even realize happen to make ministry possible. And it's hard. And, and it's it, annoying. It's hard. 
Yeah. And it's annoying, but yeah. it's worth it when you see that kid get nailed in the face with a pantyhose paintball. Especially when you're the one who threw it. Yep. Yep. So great. I actually made an extra, I, I sectioned mine, uh, my pantyhose off into five different colored balls, and I called it Skittles. And if any kids crossed me, they tasted the rainbow. <laughs> It was great. Um, but the first person to experience that was actually me. Thank you. Appreciated <laughs> that one. I came up one. from behind and said, taste the rainbow. And then whipped me in the face, and there was purple, yellow, orange. Oh, there was no yellow. Orange, green, and blue dots on my face. That's it was awesome. Great. Um, well, we're excited for you guys to be with us today. We're excited to be with you. Um, it's always kind of weird saying that sentence because, like, first of all, I don't know if anyone listens. The other is I don't know who listens. So when I say I'm excited to be with, we're excited to be with you today, we don't actually know if anyone's listening to this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of a weird little dealy majigger. Anywho, we're excited to be with you today. <laughs> uh, we are in the 33, 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. The re- first reading is the first reading is from Malachi chapter 3, 19 through 28. I'm definitely editing you that can't. last part out. You can't. <laughs> uh, the second reading is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 7 through 12. And the gospel is Luke 21, 5 through 19. Um, so we're just going to hop right in with, uh, Malachi and Kev, you're going to start us. Awesome. Great. So, uh, look in here, (laughs) Malachi, it's such a fun book. It's three chapters long. I was looking at it last night. Um, three chapters of God smiting. And this reading is smiting, smiting. Such a fun word. He has smote. He has smote the people. And so this it's two verses long. Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and evildoers will be stubble. And the day that is coming uh, will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. But for you who fear my name, there will arise a son of justice with its healing rays. And, you know, as we were recording last week, I, I told Kyle and Father Adam um, that I really didn't want to do this upcoming Sunday uh, until after the election. Um, and so God heard my prayers, and so we're redoing it. Um, and there are definitely people who are looking at our country right now and saying, the fire is coming. Um, and uh, I think this, this, this whole reading, the first, the second, the, the gospel, everything like that, are, are great to reflect on as, as we've ended this election. Um, but there's definitely some brokenness in our country. I was talking to my eighth graders in confirmation class last night. There's a lot of people hurting in our country on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know there are definitely some people out there who, who really supported Donald Trump and— um, you know, but I don't think anyone would say that he was our ideal candidate. Like, yeah, I don't think anyone in the nation would ever say any of the candidates were our ideal uh, yeah, candidate. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But I think the important thing to, to hit on here is that, that the Lord says, if you fear my yes. name, if you follow me, uh, there will arise the son of justice with its healing rays. Like, justice is coming, and justice brings healing. Um, well, and to, to go on that, there's three lines of, like, doom and gloom. And if you focus on those three lines, it's really, really rough. But that's not where it ends. Like, you got to read the entirety of it rather than just focusing on the negative. And that's where I think, in, ref- in, in, in light of the election, yeah, we could focus on just all the negative, but we could also focus on there's going to be positive, right? Like, God's going to bless. God will always bless. And that's the thing I always keep thinking about is God's, even if Trump was the wrong guy, God will make good of wrong, which is the Old Testament, basically our lives through and through, right? Like mm-hmm. the Old Testament is guys making mistakes left, right, and sideways, and God continues to bless and continues to pour out blessings. Yeah, I think there's a Pope Francis quote, um, something like this, um, that he says, sometimes She's there's Christians who live like there's Lent with no Easter at the end. Yes. And I think if you just read the beginning of this, that's what this is. This is just Lent, those 40 days of, 40 days of suffering. Um, 
But Jesus doesn't leave us at that. He always, he ends with the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that tying that in is that idea that it's the the sun that's rising. It doesn't say the sun's rising with its healing rays. The sun of love or good feelings Mm -hmm. or mercy. But it's the sun of justice. Mm -hmm. Like justice brings healing. Yeah. And when we look at our country and the battles that are being fought, there's a lot of injustice on all sorts of level from the beginning of life to the end of life to the people who are living life in between. Um, and we need justice that, that only God can provide. And that justice is going to be painful because justice is never fun. So um, this reading, these readings are supposed to be setting us up for Advent. Yes. Which is very cool to think about how, um, like the sun, the, Christ is about to be born at Christmas, and we always get focused on like the tinsel and all that jazz, which that's okay. Like, those things are not bad in and of themselves. When we focus on them, they become bad. But, but that sun is representing the healing, the sun of justice. Like Jesus is the sun of justice. Like there is justice in Christ. So you either know and love and, and believe in Christ or you don't. And that's what I keep thinking of this the son of justice and his healing rays. You mm-hmm. either know justice and you're okay with justice and it hurts, but it heals in the long run or you don't. And so like, as we prepare for Advent, that's just keep, what I keep thinking is, are we actually pre- prepping for Advent or prepping for the birth of Christ for that, for the son of justice? Mm-hmm. See, I used son twice. Yeah. Like, you, you see know, how I did that? Jordan and I were son. talking. I see what you did there. I think it was you that I was talking to a couple of weeks ago and you were t- commenting on how little sense it made that f- they use forest fires to like, they use fires to stop fire, and then, like, they burn ground to cause, like, new life to come forth. Um, and even, like, the, the scary part of this where it says, you know, they're, they're going to set fires, and there'll be neither root nor branch that's left over and stuff like that. But, like, burning stuff what brings forth yeah. new life. Yeah. Um, well, and if you talk to any farmer, like, that's part of their – that's part of doing – being a farmer is mm-hmm. you have to burn away stuff so that it gets rid of all the crud – and new life can be born of it. Yeah. I've only been part of one controlled burn, and it's the most fun I've ever had. I rode around on a four-wheeler. It was so much fun. Was I believe fire it. fire blazing. <laughs> felt like such a boss. Fire burning on the corn floor? Dance floor? I, I don't think that's how the song goes. Is there a song? How fire old burning. am I? Fire burning on the dance floor? Is that, is that a real song? It's real. Yeah. Who is, is it like that? a hip song? Sean Kingston? That's I think so. just, You can't just make up names and expect it's people real. to know yeah. what they are. Yeah. Right, listeners, move, you know. Name. This is real. Let's move to the next, the second reading, which is 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 12. Um, Jordy, why don't you kick us off on this one? Man, where do I even start with this one? Um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing about this reading is it keeps talking about um, that St. Paul wants these people, the Thessalonians, to imitate them. And I think the biggest question after I read this, I'm praying with it, um, just asking is the life that I'm living worth imitating? Mm. And I want to put that same question to anyone who's listening, if anyone's listening. Um, is, the question, is the life that you're living, is it worth imitating? Do you want people to be doing what you're doing? Um, mm. Okay, so can I ask a question on that? Yeah. So last night at Guy's Group, we were discussing what's the difference between a role model and a leader? Mm. So they made a comment about how a role model is someone that is viewed from afar but may not know the person being viewed, that someone's being viewing them, and a leader is intentional in it. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that St. Paul is not saying, I'm going to be your role model. He's saying, no, I'm going to be your leader because I know, I'm telling you, you should be following me, that you should be imitating me. And he's being intentional in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Like, you realize that you're being, that you're being watched, that people are looking up to you. Yeah. It's not just that 
you're living life and oh people are watching yeah like you you know you know you're living a life to lead and you're living a life that you want people to imitate i think it's more than that i think it goes beyond he's just oh wait wait you always got a (laughs) one-up don't you come on I'm just kidding. Continue. I'm, I'm sure a it's professional great. one-upper. I got my merit badge when I was he a Boy is. Scout. For He's wearing a gold star in a shirt week. right now. You can't see it. <laughs> okay, go. Um, because he starts this brothers and sisters. Like leaders on so many aspects are in charge of many people and many things. And yes, they're engaged with specific people. But Paul is saying like, not just that I'm the leader or that I'm a role model from a distance, but I'm your brother. Mm. And you are my brothers and sisters, and I am in your messes, and I am in your life. But I'm going to argue that. And that is leadership. But I'm going to argue something. I would argue that a lot, of, a lot of us would say that I'm not, I don't lead my siblings. That I'm a role model for my siblings, but I'm not intentional in leading. And so that's where I think, that's what I was saying, is that you can be a leader and you could be a role model while being a wait wait how do I want to say that you you can't assume that you're a leader just because you're a role model but you can assume you're a role model if you're a leader. Some leaders are bad leaders. Just throwing that out there. Some yeah. leaders you don't want to be your role models. Hashtag elections. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> gonna go there, but <laughs> oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay, 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 okay. You're right. I'm wrong. It's a, it's but I think it's some of what you're saying is right. How about Christianity? How about St. Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying, though. It's a, it's a funny distinction. But just because you're family doesn't mean you're leading them. I don't, I don't think so at all. But I think Paul is saying we are family, and in family we're in each other's messes, and I'm showing you how to walk I see what you're saying. this mess. Yeah. yeah. That you're saying the family piece is the mess. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then he even clarifies at the next line, because oftentimes I think one of the issues with family is that we don't, uh, we're, we, they know of our mess and our burdens, and they have to help us carry our burdens. And so he says in the next line, um, we did not act in a disorderly way. We did not eat food received from any. On the contrary, like we worked day and night so as to not be a burden to you. Mm. So like he's coming into their family life and to be a brother to them and everything like that, but he's making sure that he's also not a burden on top of it, that all he is bringing forth is the good. He's like, you know what? I'm with you all day preaching mm-hmm. and praising the Lord, and at night I'm up all night making tents so that I can eat so that you guys yeah. don't have to feed me and care for me. Which like, is part of being family is doing chores and mm-hmm. carrying that load and doing whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. It's, man, it's so bold to say you should, you, one must imitate us. Like, how bold is that? That is... I, if I said that, I would say it with the most pride. There's no way I can say that humbly. Kevin, you should be imitating me. Yep, every, every bone of my body was prideful. <laughs> but I think that there's like, it's, it's interesting, like, w- you feel prideful saying it, but like, I, I would, I'm going to ask Jordan, like, I hear no pride when you speak it to me. I think, yeah, Definitely. That I think you're doing a lot of things really well and that I should be imitating you in many regards. So do you think it's the way it's received or the way it's said? Or maybe it's both. Maybe yes. it's if I, yeah. <laughs> yes. I should feel prideful so that I constantly am working at humility. Maybe not should feel prideful, but I should be recognizing it. Nah, it doesn't matter. We're getting into some weird nuanced stuff here that I just 
I mean, my thoughts are really quick. Humility, yeah. I mean, it's not, there's that cheesy quote that's on Pinterest all the time, you know, that people are like, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, mm. it's thinking of yourself less. So, like, you shouldn't be thinking, oh, I can't say that people should imitate me. If you're living a life that's worth imitating, you shouldn't, like, belittle that. It's like, mm. you just shouldn't be running around saying, everyone imitate me. Like, yeah. then it's just thinking of yourself less, but... If your life is worth imitating, then mm-hmm. it's worth imitating. In so far as you are pursuing Christ, you should be able yeah. to say that. So, like, when I'm, mm. like, talking about the Holy Spirit and inviting people into relationship with the Holy Spirit, like, I'm looking at you and Jordan and other people in my life and saying, you should be imitating me in this. Not in how I am doing things, but in my pursuit yeah. of God and bringing him into the ministry. Yeah. Because I know that I am a very small image of, of an infinite uh-huh. God. And that we need the rest of the picture to bring our, like, I can only do so much. I can only have such a limited effect. But if people imitate me in my pursuit of Christ, yeah, that's going to impact the world. So what, uh, what's that? That's a line from the litany of humility. Others are holier than I insofar as I become as holy, holy as, as I should. Holy as I should. And that's what that is saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Would oh that my that that everyone that I encounter and minister to and work with would become holier than I like, yeah, yeah. that totally. would be awesome. Assuming that you become as holy or holy as you're supposed to be, yeah, as you're called to be, yeah. Uh, okay, what else you guys got on the second reading? Because we focused on four lines. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to this reading when I when I look at it. Um, and St. Paul's talking about how in toil and drudgery day and night we worked. Um, they worked to make something happen. And I think this is something that we face a lot in our office too. We want the kids to experience Christ and we want this and we want this. But like we have to work for it. Mm. Um, and I think that that's a huge, a huge thing. We can't, we can't cut corners. We can't, we can't not do anything and hope something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, like if we want to hear God's voice, we have to pray. If we want a student to show up who never comes, we have to invite them. If we want, if we want to grow in Christ, we have to pursue that every day. Um, I think there's something to that, that we have, we have to work for something to happen. We have to have faith that something's going to happen if we work Mm -hmm. also. And, you know, when we were talking the first time about this reading, uh, Father Adam pointed out how the, the crux of this issue that's going on here is that people are like, Jesus is coming. I don't have to do anything. Like, they're literally mm. not going to work. They're not participating in the community. They're just saying, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait for Jesus to show up. Take care of me until then. Um, and, like, the kingdom of God has come and is coming, and we have to continue to work uh, within that. And, and part of that is inviting people deeper. And, you know, those last two lines, you know, Paul's rebuking people. And I think it's a really a hard press of a, a generation crying, you do you. Mm-hmm. And there's like, it's not you do you. It's we have to do what Christ has laid before us until Christ takes us away. Well, um, and there's that line near the end. It's, uh, in fact, when we were with you, we instructed you that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should th- that one eat. And we hear that some of you are conduct- conducting yourselves this way. Like, yeah, you can't just sit around and do nothing. Like, you have to do work. Otherwise, you don't receive that food or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to work to see the fruits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was listening to, I got a, a talk recently yesterday, maybe this morning. Now I can't remember. Anyway, um, <laughs> he was saying that he, so he's a father of a couple kids and he was like, I bless my kids all the time. Like I get, I give them things and I, I, 
I do all that I can to provide for them and give them blessing. And it's there just because I'm giving them a blessing doesn't mean that they don't perverse that blessing. I mean, they don't take advantage of it or become entitled or whatever it may be. We have been given the opportunity to work and to pursue and to do, and it's not God's fault or anyone else's fault if we perverse that opportunity by not doing or becoming entitled or whatever it may be. That's the end of my thought. I think that's so right. I mean, we've been given a lot, and uh, we have to do something with, with what we've been given. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the gospel real quick, like. Unless somebody wants to wrap something up on the... Sorry. No, I think the gospel is... Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Luke 21, 5 through 19. Somebody go ahead and start because I forgot to read it. You know, I think this at the <laughs> beginning, um, we're taking this into our retreat next week, and I'm really excited, but it's talking about people speaking about the temple and how pretty it is and the nice stone and everything like that. And Jesus goes, oh, yeah, you like that? The days are going to come when this is mm. thrown one stone upon the other. Um, and just that, that goes back to the gospel of, like, the destruction. We're just like, oh, no, like, things are being destroyed. Um, but St. Ambrose uh, talks about how that there is no thing that we can build with human hands which age does not impair, violence throw down, or fire burn. Mm. And, like, ultimately the things which we are building are always going to be destroyed. The only things that maintain are the things which, which God has built. And, you know, this is why I wanted to wait until after the election, no matter who was elected. But, like, either way— <coughs> With either candidate, we're seeing that we have tried to build something in America without God. Yeah. And we are seeing a crumbling. Yeah. And an invitation is now being presented to us to rebuild with God instead of against God. Okay, so this is, uh, in Christ's life, this is where he basically declared war against um, the Jewish people by saying he's going to tear down the temple. So this is the... He signed his death sentence with this, saying that he's going to tear down the temple. Um, so previously to Christ, other people have said they'll tear down the temple, and they had been crucified. Like, this is not a new thing, especially at this time. To say you'll tear down the temple is a sign of you or God, blah, blah, blah. And so multiple people had done that already, and they had already been crucified. So, and Christ would have known that. And so when he says, I'm going to tear down this temple, these stones will be no more, like he is declaring, he knows what he's saying, and he knows the consequences of what he's saying, and that, that, that consequence is death, which I think is super dramatic, and I love it. And that's my thought. Somebody else Some go. good drama. The part that stands out to me, when I just kept reading this over and over, the part that always stands out to me is how he says, not a hair on your head will be destroyed. People are going to hate you. All these crazy things are going to mm-hmm. happen, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. It just makes me think of, like, I have this image in my head of, like, some kind of crazy battle going on, like, arrows flying and, like, all these crazy things happening. But, like, God's standing behind you, and he's, like, got his hands, like, over your head, like, okay, I'm going to protect it. Like, not a single hair on this yeah. head is going to be destroyed. And that just shows us, like, how, even in the midst of all of this craziness that's going on in our world today, um, and that he's talking about in this gospel, no matter how crazy it gets, our God is a loving God who cares about even the littlest things in our lives, like the hairs on our head. I, I Googled how many hairs we have on our head. Approximately 100,000 hairs on your head. That's it? I, I know. It I thought it'd be more, but yeah. you know. But if God's <laughs> watching out for each one of those 100,000 hairs, like I know that God is going to like take care of us and get us through whatever things come along because he's watching out for all those. I'm going to nerd out for a second, and mm-hmm. all I could think about during that was uh, Queen of Fire, the Queen of Dragons from Game of Thrones. Anybody? Nope. No? I'm not a Game of Thrones uh, person. I'm so sorry. Maybe Daenerys walks into fire. 
she comes out and every like her clothes are burnt to shreds the whole nine but she isn't she is immaculate like she goes mm-hmm. through fire and she's still immaculate but like her clothes are destroyed her but her hair is perfect like the whole nine anyway killing it so for those nerds that are also listening with us <laughs> that was for you otherwise sorry <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you can just think about the hairs on your head yeah you that's what i did to, yeah Back away slowly from your headphones. <laughs> Come back in five minutes. All right, what else you got, Kev? Um, man, I'm just trying to reflect on some of the things that we talked about, you know, with Father Adam, and uh, I don't remember them. I don't either at all. I know we talked about, like, the signs of the times and everything like that, but I don't remember what I said and what I didn't say. I remember it being uplifting, but that's all I can remember. It, this this gospel is really intense in terms of death and destruction, and it's made even more intense by the fact that this Sunday will be less than a week from the election, where when you walk into church on Sunday, you will either be happy because your person won or sad because your person lost, and one way or the other, you're assuming it's the end of the world. And then this will be the gospel where it's they will seize and persecute you. They'll hand you over to the synagogues and prisons. They'll leave you led before kings and governors because of my name. Like, what's the nation will rise against nation the king, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. Like That timing, though. <laughs> yeah, the timing of it is just super interesting that God's divine will is in this. I do remember, the, I do remember one of the things we talked about because it was the signs from the sky. We talked about how... Um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday in the Feast of Christ the King, mm-hmm. uh, that the King Star, which is oh, represented yeah, by yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah. will go into the womb of Virgo in the yeah. sky uh, and remain there for, for nine months, um, which is a pretty powerful sign um, that Jesus is entering uh, his mother's womb at the end of the year of mercy and remaining there for nine and a half months before coming out. Uh, and then our mother, uh, on the 100th anniversary of Fatima, will rise in the sky uh, mm. with the sun and moon at her back and a crown of 12 stars. The sun at her back, the moon at her feet, and a crown of 12 stars in the sky. Uh, so there are signs in the sky. There are earthquakes on the earth. There are famines and there are plagues. Um, but it but God mean... says, do not be terrified. Yeah. Because this, this is not what you think it is. Like, I am I'm taking care of you. Like, nothing, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. And so when all these scary things are happening and all these things that you don't understand, like, it's okay. Yeah. I, I'm in control. Like, I ordained all this. I planned all this. I'm leading you. Mm. I'm working for your good. Just like, you know, Paul says, like, I'm working for your good. Yeah. God is saying the same thing. I'm working for your good. Yeah. I got nothing. I have a lot of thoughts in my head, but they're all, like, half of thoughts. And I've already tried to use a couple of those, and they haven't gone well, so... I, I mean, just, one, one last thing on something that Kevin just said, like, that God is working for us. Like, you think of the second reading, you think of people working to get the food, um, but that we have to work to make things happen. But when you think, like, we're reminded in this gospel um, that God is working. And if people can work and things can happen, like, if God's working, what more amazing, crazy, awesome mm-hmm. things can happen? Like, that we have trust in a God that that makes things happen. That's pretty well, awesome. And the fact that this is the one leading... The week before Advent starts, right? Yeah. No, Christ the King is not. Christ the King is the weekend before Advent. Oh, so this one is not. So this is two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, still leading up to Advent. But Advent, like, when you read through the, the 
Advent's like the Christ. Oh, crap. I didn't even know he was back there. <laughs> uh, Sam Meyer's here, everybody. So he's back there. Um, but that as it's leading up to Advent, like all the, if you read this, the birth of Christ story, like, and if you really pay attention to it, the miraculous that happens in that story that, mm-hmm. that is pre-told in starts in Exodus and I like I just read Isaiah 53 this morning mm. like what and then um Micah like there's a line in Micah that says he will be born in Bethlehem like Jesus fulfilled 15 prophecies on yes. the day he was born like he couldn't have orchestrated that yeah and then just to the, all the but so then here's the other one so King Herod so right now I'm writing a night on King Herod King Herod, unbeknownst to him, is fulfilling God's will, right? Like, he made Joseph and Mary end up in Bethlehem. That was because of King Herod. King Herod did not believe in Christ, like, in God, or was, did not realize he was fulfilling God's will, but was. That doesn't... He was actually helping. He was like, helping. Helping or hurting. He helping was helping God do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that is amazing to me. And then when, like, I, I, I've been studying Exodus. And so, like, when you think about Pharaoh, like, Pharaoh was fulfilling God's will. Like, uh, it's just, I just love it. He just Sorry. loves it. I love it. <laughs> See, this is what I meant. This is, like, these are my half of thoughts that I shouldn't have yeah. said out loud. But no, I did. No, it's and great. So now I'm sorry, everybody. I'm done. I've got nothing more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's a, a cue to, to wrap it up. To wrap it up. Jordy, do you have anything left for us? Nothing in the I, tank? I got nothing. I Guys, got we really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully Father will be back for next week. So I'm not really sure. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, I don't either. Nah, we'll figure it out. Guys, thanks so much. Uh, have a great week. Peace. Peace and blessings. All music on this podcast is written and played by Mikey Needleman. Mikey is a diehard supporter of the Ramblings and the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to mmbank.com.